Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you again for joining us. Thanks to everyone who's been sharing this on Instagram. We appreciate it. Um, let's dive right in. I want to uh, take a look at some of the words of Jesus. I've, I, I pretty often do word studies, and I stumbled upon this scripture that stood out to me, and it said, beware. It was Jesus talking, and he said, beware and take heed. And I thought, man, what, what warnings? It's like when Jesus says, verily, verily, I say unto you. You look at that wording and we can get lost in the King James, but it, it's basically saying, truly, truly, he's putting emphasis. He's not just saying, it's not just him looking at his disciples and saying, hey, I need to tell you this. He says, truly, truly, letting you know, hey, if you're going to pay attention, listen to what I have to say here. And so we're going to look at the bewares of Jesus. And there's a common theme as you look through them and see what Jesus told us to be careful of. And so from uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16, um, actually, I take it back. Uh, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 6, it says, Then said Jesus unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And then Matthew 7, 15 says, Beware of false prophets which come unto you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. It says, you shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes or thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. God has called us as believers to, to bear fruit. What does that mean? First of all, to bear prayer fruit, that we're praying for the things of the kingdom and we're seeing the kingdom of God established. I don't believe you can get to the end of your life as a believer and not see souls won and not see money put into the gospel and not see an actual effect from your life on this earth. It's, yes, we want you to go to heaven, but it's not enough that you just go to heaven. I don't want to get to heaven and have nothing to show for my time on this earth that I was too scared to tell people about the Lord or, or too nervous to step out, too, too wanting to live in comfort. And so we look at this and there's a, there's a call to fruit, but J- Jesus is telling us here to beware of certain groups of people and he calls them false prophets. You know, doctrine is important in the book of Colossians, in the book of Timothy, it talks about beware of the doctrine, preach sound doctrine. Some having swerved aside from sound doctrine have gone, sh- have become shipwrecked, the Bible says. Your doctrine matters and there comes a point where you have to decide what do you believe? And, and, and for ministers especially, but even people who are uh, 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 just in the body of Christ, you, 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 you aren't planning on going into the ministry, there comes a decision to say, what do I believe? You know, I grew up going to church, my mom took me to church, but there came a point that said, with or without my mom and her relationship with the Lord, what is it that's established in my heart? I believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I believe in the laying on of hands. I believe in healing. I believe that healing is for everybody. I believe that if it was up to God, every single person would be healed. I believe that not not a single Christian would die of cancer if it was up to God. I believe God's perfect will is that we live a long time um, up until the rapture happens, right? But, but God is saying, be careful of these false prophets, but you'll be able to pick them out by their fruit. So this, this podcast may be a little bit different, but I want to talk to you today about some dangerous doctrines, some false doctrines, that are present and, and popular in the world and really have been present and popular for, for quite a long time. You know, I have a, a study Bible called a Dake Study Bible, and it was written uh, probably at the, at the turn of the 19th century. It could be wrong on, on that timing. But he, uh, he has these commentary, this, these notes, and even re- reading someone who wrote before that, Matthew Henry has a good commentary on the Bible. And, 
and they they talk about extreme grace. It seems like maybe ten years ago there was this this extreme grace doctrine that came out that even went as far to say as you don't need to repent because your sins have been forgiven for all time. You don't need to repent and 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 say I'm sorry because you're you're. Jesus already forgave in advance. He knows what you're going to do, so when you do it, it's fine. Um, and and there's these doctrines out there, like you 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 don't have to say I'm sorry for sin. There needs to be, you know, it's already covered. You can do whatever you want, and there's no repercussions because because God's already paid for it, right? And and I was looking through this Dake's uh, Bible here, and uh, and he actually had it was something like 18 proofs against. Um, uh, the false doctrine of, of extreme grace, and he called it something else, but it's the same stuff. And so it lets you see, it's like hairstyles. These things just go in cycles. They go and then they come away. They, they, they go away and then they come back and they go away and they come back. But what happens is people get into extremes, you know, wherever the devil's not going to, it's like, there's no counterfeit t- uh, $2 bills or $3 bills, right? Because there is no real. And so the only thing that's going to be counterfeited is something that there's a real version of. So yes, there may be a, 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 a people who have manipulated the giving and receiving message and made it all about the cars that you drive and the house that you live in, not about the gospel and all about balling out of control. But there is a real uh, gospel, and I'm not going to call it the prosperity gospel. It's just the gospel. It's that we've been redeemed from poverty and God wants to bless us. In the same way, when we get to heaven, there's going to be abundance that God's destined, determined that for us on this earth. So number one, the number one uh, harmful, false doctrine. If Jesus is saying, beware, beware of these false doctrines, take heed, beware of false prophets, Matthew 10, 18, but beware of men excuse me, Matthew uh, 11, uh, Matthew 16, 11. How is it that you do not understand that I spake con- not concerning bread, but that you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees? And he tra- Mark eight fifteen, and he charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. Mark 12, 38, and he said unto them in his doctrine, beware of the scribes, which love to go in long clothing and love salutations in the marketplace. And he goes on and on. And most of his bewares, except for one, which we'll talk about tomorrow, was beware of bad doctrine. And so false doctrine, number one, extreme grace. The Bible says to Christians in the book of 1 John and the book of James, repent. And it's a clear, clear call that yes, there's enough blood to cover the sins of the world and the sins that are to come, but you don't you, you repent to get your heart right with God. I say this often, sin doesn't change God's heart towards you. Sin changes your heart towards God. So righteousness is a gift from God. God looks at you as righteous. Even if you sinned yesterday, you can say, God, please forgive me. And it doesn't change your righteousness. You are 100% righteous because you bear the name of Christ, right? But sin changes your heart towards God. Bible says, sin will abound and the love of many will wax cold. If sin is left unchecked, unrepented, there will actually come discipline. It's a doctrine that that God chastises those he corrects. I challenge you to find me a single book in the New Testament where it doesn't say, in light of all these things, how much of a holy life should we be living? That that has a challenge to live pure and holy lives. This is something that you can't, that that has to be clear that my aim and my goal is to please God with my holy life. Number two is extreme uh, legalism, where everything is by works. Let's make this clear. 
We don't, we don't make it to heaven by our works. We make it to heaven by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We make it to heaven by our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We enter in through the door of grace, but then once we're in the door of grace, faith, uh, the door of grace and faith, once we're in the door of grace and faith, it's our works that show that there's been a change of heart. You know, I think a lot of these these doctrines have come because there've been people who've said, oh, I'm a Christian, but then they're out getting drunk and they're out sleeping around and they live their own way, but they just say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. I belong to this church. And so, yes, there's something on the inside of people that says, man, it isn't just do whatever you want. You can't have it your way, but it also isn't that if you watch TV, you're going to hell. You know, you can pull up videos on YouTube that, and you've heard of these, these, uh, these denominations that if your your skirt is higher than your your ankles, you go to hell. If you wear lipstick, you go to hell. They they base it off one scripture that says it's not about the outward adornment of clothing and 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 jewelry and those things. And so they don't wear jewelry and they don't do these things. But that same verse says it's not about the outward adornment of clothes. So if they were going to go by that verse in the book of Timothy, they would or Peter, they would they would then say that that God doesn't want people wearing clothes either. He's saying that's not what that's not what's impressive to God. It's and he was talking to a church that was a very a society that was very um, uh, boisterous, a lot of colors, a lot of put you know very sh- sh- lot of showmanship right in the society. It's like you go over to India and you see all the women and all the men they're wearing these colorful robes. It's just part of what they do, right? It's saying that it's an inward thing. It's an inward. It's it's a matters of the heart that God looks at. So legalism will keep you bound up. It'll keep you that oh I haven't prayed today and so God doesn't love me. I can't approach God. You know prayer. I'm all about a prayer life. But if but if. But if you think that you're not in right standing with God because you miss your prayer time, and I'm not advocating for missed prayer times, if the devil can attack your prayer time, he'll have you powerless. But it's not about, that's not what keeps you as a child of God. The blood of Jesus is what keeps you as a child of God. The next one I want to talk to you about is universalism. And I'm not going to take a long time here. Universalism is a doctrine, a false doctrine that's come out that in the end, everyone goes to heaven. Everyone from all time goes to heaven. There's a man by the name of Rob Bell, if you don't mind me just calling out names, who wrote a book called Love Wins. And in this book said that there's no such thing as hell. And this is closely tied to universalism. Universalism existed long before Rob Bell did. Rob Bell made his way on Oprah and said, God loves everyone so much. I can almost, uh, let me not say that. Um, God loves everyone so much that even in the end, hell is abolished and everyone ends up making it to heaven. He probably can't use the Bible to support this because the Bible has so this Bible has more scriptures on hell than it does on heaven, more mentions of hell than it does in heaven. But that's a false doctrine. One of the things the Bible says you'll know them by their fruits. One of the things these false doctrines produce is bad fruit in people's life. So extreme grace, number one, produces uh, where people don't feel like they have to do anything. There's no action, and it produces a life full of sin. Extreme legalism produces condemnation. It produces foul, unhappy, joyless religion. Uh, universalism produces a no need for evangelism. If everyone goes to heaven eventually anyway, why, do we ha- why would Jesus have said, this is the great commission, go you into all the world and preach the gospel? It's not like it was only recorded in one gospel. This is the, this is the hey, my final marching orders for the church 
going forward is go out and preach and then the end shall come. So if everyone goes to heaven anyway, why do we need to go preach? And then false doctrine number four. And obviously we could cover a lot more, many false doctrines out there, but these are main ones that I've I've seen, I've encountered, and I wanted to address. The Bible says, beware of false prophets. People will come and say these things. Number one is Calvinism. Excuse me. Number four is Calvinism. Calvinism is a uh, terrible false doctrine that produces people, uh, produces people who who are are I would say number one prideful, number two uh, not living holy lives even though the doctrine tells them to, and then number three also not winning souls. Calvinism uh, is is actually very popular today, and it's uh, called predestination or divine election. And if you've heard of TULIP before, if you haven't, don't worry about it. TULIP is the total depravity of man. Um, it's uh, irresistible grace. It's limited atonement. And uh, um, basically what, what Calvinism states is that God picks and chooses who goes to heaven and who goes to hell and that he's justified in doing so. That he's the one who decides there's some people that go to hell and some people go to heaven. And you don't have a decision to go to heaven or hell. You live your life and it's all God's grace that you make it into heaven. You have no part in accepting Jesus. He picked you before. If he picked you, he picked you. And if he didn't pick you, he didn't pick you. And God is just. And and first of all, it demeans uh, uh, free will because we know that God has given us a will. And it's not based in scriptures. There's three or four scriptures, major scriptures that are used to support this view. Uh, Jacob loved, God loved Jacob and he hated Esau. But do you know why that scripture is? Because Esau sold his birthright. He didn't do what was right. Or, hey, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Well, Pharaoh had already turned against God and was opposing God, so his heart became harder. The Bible talks about in Romans 1, when people are given over to sin, they, they, they God gives them over to a reprobate heart. Their heart becomes even harder. And so it's the course of sin. But they take a few scriptures and they twist it. And so why am I taking the time to tell you about this? Because you have to be warned. The Bible says, beware. If Jesus said to you, hey, I have a few warnings for you, and, and the, the biggest majority of the warnings that Jesus himself had was about false doctrines and about the leaven of the Pharisees. These are things that you have to be aware of. Because again, if God's going after his few, he loves his elect, he's predestined. And, and, and there's one very simple, and I could honestly sit here, I've done a fair amount of studying on this. I could sit here and give you 50 scriptures to repute, refute Calvinism that, you, that people wouldn't be able to answer to. But, but uh, and it's called divine election, right? That God chose this group of people. But I want you to see in, in 1 Peter 1, Peter says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God. We are, the Bible does use the word elect and we are elect. We are uh, predestined to be conformed to his image. But we all know that John three sixteen says, for God so loved the world, not the elect, the world. That, uh, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so we, uh, we're elect according to the foreknowledge of God. So what does that mean? God knows for the end from the beginning. So, so when, when life is over and there's, there's no more, I say life on this earth as we know it is over, uh, and there's no more option to, to accept Jesus Christ anymore. God already knows who those people are, right? Because he sees the end from the beginning. And so God already knows every single person that will make it into heaven, but it doesn't mean he picks and he chooses. It means they have the free choice. Many will, many won't. And he's not saying you can and you can't. He knows them from before, but he's opened it up. 
He's a good God. He loves people. God even wants Hillary Clinton. God wanted Hitler to make it into heaven. We can look at some people. Some of you may be offended that I said Hillary Clinton. We can look at some people and just see from their life. People who say, oh, I'm a Christian. People in politics who profess Christianity, but then they support abortion. People in politics who profess Christianity, but then they're they're going at they they go they support things that are unbiblical, marriage of of uh, men and men and women and women. You can't say you're a Christian and not do and observe everything that God has called you to observe. Being a Christian is taking a stand for the Bible and what the Bible says. That's it for today. If you have any questions, please feel to reach out on Instagram. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next podcast.